Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, one of my favorite parts of uh, starting this podcast is you get a chance to meet people. The that best. They're the best of the brightest mind at whatever yeah. they do. And uh, uh, you get to meet people that maybe have been on the front lines you've seen from a distance that are, that are doing things. Today's guest uh, was on the White House lawn asking the tough questions. As a matter of fact, one of the few people asking Dr. Fauci the really hard yes. questions. She's not through, scared of anything. Throughout uh, 2020. And there's hard questions to be asked today. She's still doing it. She's the host of The Absolute Truth on Frank Speech, Emerald Robinson. Yay! Welcome. We are so glad you joined us today on the show. Oh, it's always good to be with you on. I have to say you have the best introductions. Who wouldn't want to come and sit through the things you oh. say about <laughs> I, I love it. I love it having you on. And yep. I, we, we quote your Substack a lot on, All the time. on this show. I share it out on our social media. It goes out in our newsletter quite a bit. And uh, um, you have an incredible way of taking the most important thing going on and looking at it, though, not just through your own lens, but it's like when you're talking about something, mm-hmm. you can tell that you've thought this through in private before you share it in public. And it's like looking at a Rubik's Cube, but you're talking about three or four colors at the same time. The rest of the world's like, no, Rubik's Cubes are yellow. Right. And and you're like, oh, there's, there's more to they it. They are yellow. That's not, it's not that you're wrong. It's just, it's just, there's so much more to it than that. And you tend to capture all of that at one time. And that's why I love reading it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do try to look at every angle of something. And that's something that I acquired kind of over the years through life experience and, and the different you know, disciplines that I studied or, you know, my endeavors, my failed endeavors specifically mm-hmm. uh, taught me to look at things that way because it's never service based. You know, when you're reading a play, when you're reading a book, it's always what's yep. between the lines. And it just amazes me in that most journalists today just look at what they're given and take and regurgitate so yeah. Man, and you're finding that in the medical field. You're finding that everywhere. It's not really sure. a thought process. It's like, okay, I'm going to type this in. Okay, that's what I have to prescribe. You know, I mean, it's just whatever, you know, they've been taught in school for sure. If you're wanting to know more about Emerald Substack, go to emeralddb3.substack.com. Emeralddb3.substack.com. Well, Truly, a, it is worth the time. Well, the link down it. below, if you, if you want to appear smarter than you really are when you're uh, in conversations, mm-hmm. you're the water cooler, that is uh, the hack right there. That's the move. Well, I want to jump into something with you because we had some wins uh, in, in the previous midterms. You know, um, you know, maybe it wasn't everything everybody wanted, uh, but we have control of the House as, as Republican Party, but they tend to struggle a little bit with dancing to the same song at the same time. I'm always fascinated mm-hmm. with the left because they can have like the LGBTQ, you you know, getting along with, with the Muslim Brotherhood and, you know, things that you would never think would be a marriage, how it worked. But they tend to tend to all kind of like just, you know, just dance to the same song in a unique way, in a way that, that conservatives can't. Mm-hmm. Um, we're struggling right now specifically with Kevin McCarthy and not having the wind in his sails that maybe he thought he would or thought that he should. And uh, there's probably a lot of reasons for that, but you've covered this this in depth. Um, what is happening there with him and our our opportunity to fill that leadership role? Well, I, I the reason I said he's the poster boy for the GOP identity crisis in the the title of this piece is because it, he makes it so clear that Republican leadership, national Republicans, you know, leadership in Congress do not represent 
the voters, really, because if you had the voters actually, if you asked them who they wanted to see in leadership, it most definitely wouldn't be Kevin McCarthy. It would likely be someone like Jim Jordan or Andy mm-hmm. Biggs. And yet they managed to maintain control over the the conference every single time. It doesn't matter how miserably they fail, how little they achieve, even when they have both houses of Congress and the presidency, as we saw in the first two years of the Trump presidency, they still maintain their hold on power and they're extremely good at it. It it reminds me very much of Brexit and the conservative Mm -hmm. wins that they had in the UK. And you would have thought that it would have been a no brainer, right? It'd been very easy to put in good leadership that would have followed the will of the people because there was the climate for it, but their own party sabotaged them and continues to do so Mm -hmm. to this day, as, as we see with their leadership. They undermine mm-hmm. the will of the, the people. Yeah. They are a, they keep the globalist agenda in place, even though there's been a populist uprising in the mm-hmm. UK and in the United States. They squash it with how they, they keep these leader, leadership positions. And I don't think Kevin McCarthy was too terribly worried because he knew he would do this. Man. You, know, you know what appears to me... Uh, uh, my favorite movie of all time is Braveheart. It's the greatest romantic uh, comedy <laughs> of all time. Um, there's a there's a scene there where they're, 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 they're all the 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 the, the Scotsmen are together and they're kind of behind them and the the English line up and 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 William Wallace you know is standing to the side and the 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 lords you know of, of that are leading the the Scottish people are going out to negotiate terms mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and and for their own personal benefit and they leverage okay we have this army behind us and it's going to help us you know, negotiate better. William Wallace basically is a hero. He's like, Hey, I'm going out to pick a fight. And he kind of goes out there to, to stir it up and yep. actually, you know, you know, it pushes it. And I kind of feel like that's how a lot of the Republican leadership is. Sometimes they, they, they see this movement and they see the kind of attention that's been drawn and the kind of numbers that people are showing up in at, at live events and, and at rallies and different mm-hmm. things. And they sort of seem to be negotiating for their own personal benefit their own personal agenda, not the people that are actually creating the leverage for them. And we need a William Wallace character to go out there and, you know, tell the English what they can do all the way back to London. You know, I would liken it, liken it more to Game of Thrones than Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> Having been in Congress, what happens is, you know, they have this piece of dirt on this member, so that member has to support them. They mm-hmm. control, you know, the fundraising dollar. They say we won't back you in the next election cycle. And look, we saw how if the machine go against people like Joe Kent and back the establishment person, yep. they're able to really sabotage the populist movement that he had. He was a great candidate. He has a, had a lot of support, but it was the Republican establishment that really undermined him. So you have them taken mm-hmm. out, you know, the good people is very much like Game of Thrones. And then you have this deal making. Well, I'm going to give you this if I you give you. me that. Yeah. Yep. So that's, if anyone wants to see how, what, what is going on in Washington, D.C. as we speak, watch Game of Thrones and then imagine mm-hmm. Trevor McCarthy's face and others. <laughs> yeah, so true. And you had a great interview last week with Representative Andy Biggs. Um, you can find that when you go to Frank's speech and go to The Absolute Truth with Emerald Robinson. That was a really great interview talking about what's going on and where do we go from here? Because January 3rd is yeah. the big day. It is. And look, you know, when 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 it kind of broke and it was kind of it was it broke on our show, Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona just simply said 
it shouldn't be a foregone conclusion that Kevin mm -hmm. McCarthy is the leader in the new Congress for Republicans because it, it, it really should have been a better showing, yeah. right? Midterms, and there's all kinds of reasons for it. For it, a lot of it is vote voter fraud and mm -hmm. and rigging, and what we saw in Arizona, it yep. just is, and that happened all over the country. It wasn't just Arizona; it's just it was so blatant in Arizona, mm -hmm. and there yeah. was Carrie Lake, who was such a high-profile <sighs> figure that more people know about it. But it happened everywhere. But a lot of it was that the establishment Republicans, like McCarthy, absolutely sought to undermine uh, the the populist what is really truly the the majority of Republican voters by backing sabotaging candidates and, and backing the others. So he's really to blame for the fact that there's not a bigger majority in Congress. And look, what do people, what do Republicans want to see? They don't want to see Frank Luntz's roommate going out <laughs> and giving sound bites on Fox News and then not really investigating Hunter Biden. He's already suggest, suggested that he's not necessarily for impeaching uh, President Biden. And, you know, that shouldn't necessarily be off the table for a Republican conference. Look at the Democrats right. and look at what we know about Joe Biden, especially now after the, the weekend and yes. the Hunter yes. Biden laptop hashtag Twitter files. Um, yep. But, you know, it, all Congressman Big was saying, it should be a foregone conclusion. There should be debate. There should be discuss, discussion. There should be deals made. And I can't tell you, David and Stacey, that sent shockwaves mm -hmm. through Washington. Mm -hmm. It literally lit a fire. A, because that was a form of dissent that they did not want to happen. They wanted to maintain that leadership position. McConnell, McCarthy. Is This is the status quo. Yeah, Basically, they just it's not any different from the last two years we've really had. There's just a slim majority for Republicans. So this mm -hmm. is the D.C. establishment basically keeping it the same. They're going to get a, do what they want to do. And now they are pushing for a Republican leader who sat down at a state dinner last week with the Biden administration, yep. where Hunter Biden, who supposedly his conference is going to hold accountable, is sitting there having this very expensive meal on the taxpayer dime. So I, I think that I don't think it's going to sit well with Republican voters, especially if you keep the same leadership at the RNC, because you're not going to get any, you're not going to have anything different. There's not going to be accountability if you have the same leadership because they've already shown, showed their hand. They've shown yep. you what they're going to do. And this whole argument that I've asked a lot of people because I would say, okay, maybe I'm not, I'm not a strategist. Okay. I just report on strategy or what people are doing. So I asked a lot of people I really respected, like Russ Boat, who's one of the, the most competent administration officials out of any administration that I've ever seen. I have a high level of respect for, for Russ Bowe. And I asked him, is this argument that if they don't back Kevin McCarthy, there will be a Democrat speaker because so many Republicans will cross over and vote for a Democrat. Is that a valid argument? He said, right. absolutely not. It's a ridiculous red herring argument that's meant to try to make the ones who are really doing what they should do and have a debate about it and putting up other people for leadership look stupid and trying to kill the move against McCarthy. Man. Wow. So so why is a Marjorie Taylor Greene, why is she supporting him, do you think? Well, I noticed a change with her in regards to McCarthy probably about a year ago. And remember when she had the push against her for supposedly they, they accused her of anti-Semitism and she got in mm -hmm. trouble and there was a question whether Re McCarthy and Republican establishment was going to back her. Well, he kind of did. 
And there's been a little bit of a difference. And I have asked her staff about this because a few months ago, there was a suggestion that, well, she's saying we need to be together for now, but that doesn't mean she's going to back in for speaker. And then she does. Mm -hmm. I can tell you there's lots of willing and dealing that goes on. And I think sometimes when people get to DC, it's a little bit different than what they expect. And some people decide to survive. I don't know if that's what she's done. I'm just saying it's different. And there's lots of deals to be made. I would, I would, suspect that she's going to get a pretty good committee assignment, which is something that members covet, right? Mm -hmm. They really want those high profile, good committee assignments. It's good for donors. It's good if they want to move into a higher level of office. And she sort of had her, had her wings clipped and kind of, you know, put to the side a little bit. So we kind of get her back into, you know, the, the, the Mm -hmm. fray of things. So I can kind of see that. Will Rogers said, he said, uh, he said, politicians and hot dogs. He said, he said, you know, you can enjoy both of them if you don't see how they're made. Oh, and, man. That's true. <laughs> and I, I, you, you kind of see this this play out quite a bit. Um, let me jump into the, kind of the transition to what you said earlier. Um, um, you're you have a, an active Twitter account with with absolute uh, uh, absolute truth that's, with E. That's my producers run that account. I should mm-hmm. go ahead and say that because I don't think okay. things have changed so much at Twitter that I'm allowed to run an account. My producers. <laughs> Okay. They're not. They're not ready for absolute truth. No, no, yet. no. Yeah, uh, but, but it's, 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 a, it's a it's a it's a flow of your show and and some things coming out there. Um, you know, it, they say the best disinfectant is is sunlight and things being put on the table. Yeah. You know, for for what it's worth, we did have a tremendous amount of revelations of what kind of was something I think everybody knew of yeah. of the covering of the Hunter Biden laptop story, where even the New York Post was deplatformed, yeah. the oldest newspaper in America, when that story came out. So we have these two parties. One has been guilty now of of manufacturing a story against president trump mm-hmm. that that they ran us through for 3 years and became nothing mm-hmm. and then then there's actual real documented hard evidence from hunter biden's own computer that shows these business relationships forget all of the the other the debauchery yeah, exactly. you know that takes place on there just the financial dealings and so um a lot of that came out the weekend that the question i have for you in that is um the New York Times has still not mentioned it, even as of today. It has not <laughs> even come out on their 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 dot com, their website, mm-hmm. or their paper. By any of the writers, have not taken an interest in there. They don't think it's newsworthy. Oh, they think it's newsworthy. They know it's newsworthy. That's what but they, it's not that's not making it to their news. <laughs> and look, we we also know if if you release all the if there was full transparency with the Twitter files, we know, and we saw this, I think even with the Alex Barrison case, that there were reporters at Atlas, like the New York times that were asking Twitter, are you not going to deplatform this person? Are you just going to let them tweet this? So you had journalists pushing for the censorship of truth. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Mm -hmm. New York times has been complicit in that. And even going further to what you said, they knowingly, uh, disseminated false information. Everyone knew the Russia Gate investigation that spawned from. It's another of those. There was no surprise when we got the memo from John Brennan during his time at CIA mm-hmm. that confirmed that they knew early on that this was spawned from Hillary Clinton op at you know opposition research, which is just you know making up political dirt mm-hmm. um, during the 2016 campaign. They all knew that. We all knew that. They're just political operatives, and often they're used to launder information from the FBI and what is the circle, right? To the FBI kind of suggest something to them. They run with it. 
And then the New York, the FBI uses the New York Times reporting. I know this for a fact. I've talked to FBI. Sometimes they knowingly do it. And sometimes they really aren't that right. I've talked to someone on the China desk at the FBI who suggested to me that really how they find their information is reading the New York Times. And I was wow. just stuck. Wow. I, I'm shocked. And this person, this person considered themselves like a Republican, lifelong Republican and everything. And that, that was, that was early in my, my career as a journalist in Washington, DC. And that changed the way I looked at everything that yeah. came from federal law enforcement in the intelligence community. It was just shocking. That but is now shocking. And no, of course they're not going to run with it. And also look how upset they've been that Elon Musk revealed this because they were a part of this system to keep the truth down. All mm -hmm. of these people are in on it and they want to keep it that way. That's how either they get ahead in their careers and they're part of the club, but also ideologically, you know, some are just wanting to get ahead and some have been so complicit. They don't want the truth to come out. And then others are ideologically there. There's multiple reasons, but all of them are part of the club and you saw them scream over the weekend. That's actually what I enjoyed the most. Probably. <laughs> because I already knew, we, like you said, we already knew what was in there. It didn't make yep. me laugh. I knew, um, Lauren Culbertson, who is whatever, the government policy person in D.C., and she came up in it. And I've known her before I even became a political correspondent. And that made me laugh a little bit. And I thought, well, why didn't I ever just text Lauren and say, <laughs> what's going on here, Lauren? So I'll probably text her and be like, Lauren, where's my Twitter account now? Right. Exactly. It's, uh, it's interesting. Well, they were clearly um, just getting memos every day from the Democratic yeah. Party of, of mm -hmm. who to censor, who to get rid of, and, and who to silence. And what's interesting to me right now is trained journalists. You know, we, we're very clear and transparent. We're not journalists. Yeah. We're just a, a, a very curious couple in in Missouri with a microphone. Um, but like you, very interested in the truth. Mm -hmm. But but people who've committed their life to being a journalist are pushing back on this kind of transparency. Instead of pushing back and holding these big organizations accountable. They're actually just the marketing arm of mm -hmm. tech platforms and large companies and and the the billionaire you know elites. Well, and when that system crumbles, I can tell you, I remember walking into the White House press corps my first day, and I can't tell you how nervous I was. Oh, I had done that job four times. I told One America I did not want to do it. I didn't think I was qualified. <laughs> Um, I thought, well, you have to be this and this and this to be in there. And I remember being so nervous. Um, and when I spent a few months there, I realized these are not impressive people. Wow. I know a lot of people who should be here and not these people. And then you realize it's the system built with people who are willing to do censorship that are mm -hmm. willing to be stenographers. So when that system falls, David and Stacey, they don't have a leg to stand on. They can't do it on their own merit. They would not be there. Nope. Wow. Think about it. This wow, is an existential crisis for them. Yes. Well, I know somebody who would be there on their own merit and is still on it. You guys, you, you chose to walk away from something that like a lot of people fight and claw and crawl over each other to get into. And you've walked away from it and you're, you're thriving. Your yep. name is synonymous with truth with asking great questions, with having the best guests, the best minds, truly, Laura Logan, and you go down the list and, and you know, uh, um, 
Dr. Ward and, and it just, I mean, just literally every single person that you have on would be the dream guest to talk about that. So I encourage people, Dr. Peter McCullough, man, it's just like a who's who it of, is. Who knows what's going on. And so, so people check out her show on a regular basis, follow her Twitter feed, wherever it is you get your media. Um, I know that you have a strong presence on Getter as well. You're doing the hard work yep. in private and putting out incredible content in public. I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Thank you so much, Emerald. Well, thank you both. And I always am so thankful for your support. Like you said, part of, I, I would say that one of the biggest blessings and having been canceled and pushed me in a different direction that has really been, I mean, a huge blessing, you know, you know, yep. me. Um, is also, like you said, getting to meet people like you all that I, you know, didn't meet in that setting. And it's just wonderful. So thank you for your support. Mom. Well, Wesley and I got all in the Christmas spirit after decorating, and we decided to make a naughty and nice list. And mm. I have to say, Avery, you're doing quite well. Really? So we're trying to decide who all we're going to buy my pillow stuff for Christmas. You know, if you use promo code FLYOVER, you get up to 66% off when you go to mypillow.com. That's a great deal. Can't beat it. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Promo code FLYOVER. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to bring you my biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases, only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. We even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All at the biggest discounts ever. I know my bedding products are perfect for you, and I'm extending my money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding products, including my Giza Dream bed sheets, for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.